everybody. Welcome back to Q-Tips. We are the video store junkies and we are back once again to bring you a few selections to watch over the weekend on streaming. And we're going to get right into this and I'll send this over to Bill. Why, thank you. So my theme this week is the films of David Cronenberg, which I was surprised that there were a few that weren't on the list of ones we've already covered or I just did a bad search. We'll find out. Mm. So the first one is his first one. I mean, he made a few shorts um, some weird, you know, hipster avant-garde shorts and everything that no one's ever seen. But his first real movie where someone gave him money and he decided to make a movie, this was like the Canadian national film stuff. And they, they tried to make good films and nobody went to see him. And then they made like softcore porn and that was more successful. So he said, let's make a horror movie. And we get 1975's Shivers, also known as They oh, yeah. Came From Within. But I would recommend you watch Shivers on, um, I think it's on Roku. It's definitely on Tubi. And I, I, I think I watched it on, I think I watched it on Shudder, but I don't see it listed here as being there. But, um, and I, it's also on YouTube. Pretty good copy. Shivers is uh, the one that kind of got him some attention. And by attention, it got him kicked out of his apartment. Yeah, they they were someone wrote a some Canadian uh, critic wrote a review that is possibly the worst review any movie has ever gotten. It was like, you should hate this movie and the fact that you paid for it because it was paid with taxpayer dollars. So it became kind of a scandal. Yeah. And it's kind of an introduction to the Cronenberg body horror thing. It's it's about um, it's about this large apartment complex. And it really reminded me of why I hated living in things like that. It's really the villain of the piece. I mean, there's also sex parasites, but really the villain of the piece is this horrible living conditions that these people are in. And um, yeah, this crazy doctor has made a um, parasite that he implants in people and it turns them into absolute sexual deviants that are not only trying to hump everything in sight, but um, spread more of these disgusting parasites. It's got... It's got some of the things that make Cronenberg great. There's a real sterility to to the way he's filming. Some early Cronenberg is is very almost clinical in its way. That that changed over the years, but this one's got it's kind of like a low budget Kubrick look. But it's also got one of the problems that some Cronenberg films have, and there are even some that I really like, like Scanners. He casts the absolute worst leading men. For his movies, the leading man in in this thing is a guy who actually was kind of famous for writing songs, but not for acting because he's he's terrible in this. I've never seen anyone underplay a role so much as as he did here. Um, And it just takes you right out. There's no one really to root for. So there's a problem with the film, but it's good. Now it's got a good secondary cast. Lynn Lowry is is phenomenal. She's so attractive and creepy looking at the same time and barbara Steele is in here and she's of course amazing it's got some nice early bladder effects by uh joe blasco it's got that classic 1970s downbeat ending it's got a lot going for it i don't think it's ever been remade and i hope no one ever does remake it because it'll be terrible it's it's probably rated r but it's cool the way he, he shows things. It's an uncomfortable film. So he's showing that everyone in this, in this complex has just gone completely insane. But he can't really show a lot. So there's a scene where the guy is running down the hallway and we're treated to one 
episode after another. There's a couple of young girls that are on leashes barking like dogs. There's two obviously homosexual guys from the 70s because they have mustaches and receding hairlines and they make a go for him. And there's a, there's a scene where he opens the door and there's a guy there with his daughter and he's talking about how attractive his daughter is and you're like, close the damn door as soon as, yeah, and oh my God, there, there's just so much creepiness, but it's all implied that you don't really see a whole lot. Thank God. I mean, it's just, yeah, this film. So if you want to see early Cronenberg showing the promise that he would later... Uh, he, it's good. I mean, it's well made and everything, but it's it's it's. He admits he hardly knew what he was doing when he made this film, and if that's the case, here's the evidence that the guy's a genius because there's a lot to recommend for it. So that's Shivers, 1975. Not a great first date film or something to watch with Grandma, unless Grandma was really something in her younger days. And that's that's possible, and I will send this off to someone who makes me shiver, Paul. Mm. Oh, well, thank you, Bill. Well, that's, yeah, I want to take your, if you, if the thought of you taking your shirt off makes me shiver. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a good way. With the light, I'm certain. Absolutely. That must be it. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me, let me tell you, let me tell you a story. So here, here we have a man, uh, you know, late middle age, working hard at his job, does an excellent job, like to the point of art, really to the point of art. But the people he work, works for just don't appreciate it. They don't appreciate the hard work that this man does, and and they they let him go, and he has to go, and he has to figure out what he wants to do with the rest of his life. And hmm. well, anyway, aside from that, let me tell you about the movie that I've done, <laughs> that I've done and that is, <laughs> oh, that is delicious. Yeah, it's delicious or delicieux, which is because it's French, Holy and man. it is currently streaming on. Oh, my mouse went away. There we go. It is currently streaming on Amazon Prime. Peacock, Roku Channel, Hoopla, Tubi, of course, Canopy, and Plex. And so the year is, I think, 17... Da, 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 look at it, I have to know. 1789, so it's right before the Revolution. Hmm. And uh, we have Pierre Manceron, who is a cook chef for uh, some nobility. And uh, through sequence events, they basically fire him. He goes home to his family's, it's, it's not really an inn, it's more of a, uh, what they call a relay, so you don't stay there, but you'll stop and you might get some soup and you'll feed your horses. Hmm. Uh, they did some baking, long story short, um, through a sequence of events, he, he essentially, he as well as a woman who joins him says she wants to be a, uh, um, she wants to be an apprentice with him, the two of them essentially create the modern restaurant now in reality that's bs because uh, i think the you know of course restaurants have been around for thousands of years i mean they found essentially ancient steam tables in pompeii with the painted menus right on front um but the modern idea of a restaurant even that is supposedly like 600 years earlier than mm. the, i think the chinese had regular sit-down restaurants but yeah why ruin a good story with facts um and it, it does get a little uh does get a little um uh, Shakespeare in love kind of thing where you're like, oh, look, and this is where the menu came from, and this is where the maitre d' came from. Still, it's really fun. It's really enjoyable. Uh, and it's a story about, again, somebody who's who has to start over again, and they reinvent themselves. And it's, uh, it's, it's really enjoyable. So that's uh, Delicious, or Delicious, 
which is in French. Um, and yes, it is in French. And uh, it's uh, I really highly recommend it. And speaking of people who are delicious, I'll pass this to Zach. Mm, it's true. Uh, my undies say so. Um, <laughs> hey, Paul, you remember uh, once upon a time when you would actually get kind of excited when there was a new Robert Rodriguez movie coming out? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, those times have passed us by. But uh, if you haven't seen all of his movies, I can maybe get you excited about one uh, that is actually kind of a recommendation for, for Bill. Uh, oh. Because I know that he's loving uh, school uh, a whole lot right now. He's His school uh-huh. is back in session, and he just can't get enough. And uh, my recommendation is a, a school-themed horror film from Robert Rodriguez. It's one of his earlier films. I'm, of course, talking about 1998's The Faculty. And uh, yeah. this is a pretty straightforward movie. Yeah, it's a uh, just a ripoff of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and that's pretty much it. And uh, I think that uh, it's easy to kind of, if you're not familiar with this movie, kind of write it off as that, because that's pretty much all there is to it. But um, it's actually a really good ripoff, so uh, we can kind of excuse that. Uh, it's got a great cast. It's basically about a, uh, uh, a bunch of high schoolers that realize that they are teachers and... Uh, uh, the titular faculty in their school is being replaced by aliens. Um, and they have to figure out how to stop them. Uh, this one has a phenomenal cast. I just want to name uh, read some of the names off here, some of the, the people who are in this movie. Uh, Jordana Brewster, Clea Duvall, Selma Hayek, Fembiki Jensen, mm-hmm. Piper Laurie, Christopher McDonald, a.k.a. Shooter McGavin, uh, B.B. Newirth, John Stewart, and Usher. Uh, lots of Lots of great... <laughs> Lots of great actors in this movie. Although, uh, kind of a little little bit of uh, a little bit of trivia here. Uh, some of the, the other actors in this movie: Josh Hartnett, uh, who just recently starred in Oppenheimer about the creation of the atomic bomb, and Robert Patrick, who starred in a movie about the use of atomic bombs, T two Judgment Day, and uh, <laughs> Elijah Wood, who had uh, recently starred in in North, which was a huge bomb. So there's a connection there. But uh, no, I kid. Um, no, it's, it's a great movie. It's a fun movie. Uh, like I said, I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward in the fact that it's it's just a ripoff of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. But it's uh, lots of talent. The young actors uh, do really well. Obviously, a lot of them would go on to do a lot of other great things. And then you have some of the older actors from the uh, more experienced actors who just do uh, really, really good jobs as the, the creepy uh, teachers that are getting replaced by aliens. Mm. So. Um, yeah, if you uh, if you if you're if you're in school right now and uh, you want to watch movies about school when you get home, uh, this one's playing on Paramount Plus, Hoopla, uh, Pluto TV, and it says the Criterion Channel. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if there's actually uh, a Criterion. I'm actually going to Google that right now because I'd be really surprised if there was a Criterion release of uh, the Faculty, and apparently there is. Okay, never mind. So yeah, it's playing on the the Criterion Channel. And I'm gonna go find. Uh, I might go find the the Criterion uh, uh, Blu-ray of this because I did not know that was out. Anyways, um, so yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, people who may or may not have been replaced by alien <laughs> impostures, I am going mm. to pass this over to Renee for her first pick. Thank you very much, and you'll never you'll never know. <laughs> That's a good recommendation. I really like that movie. And there's a fun theory that ties that mm. movie into The Cabin in the Woods. Oh. Is, yeah. One of mm. my favorite movies. Yeah. So my first recommendation is a twofer. They're both only about an hour long. Uh, these are two films by a young up-and-coming filmmaker in Austin, Texas, by the name of Isaac Rodriguez. 
Uh, he's got a lot of short films, only a handful of say feature movies. A lot of them focus on found footage and technological horror. And the first one is Unknown Visitor. And just a little brief overview, uh, after moving into a new house, a young woman experiences ter a terrifying series of encounters, all captured via her ring doorbell. And it so it, it just kind of, all these things that are going on, it kind of tells this little story, and it's just, it's interesting, it's... Um, but I think it's worth watching. It's, you know, it's an interesting story, interesting concept. Um, just, it just feels a little bit more like a short than a full feature film. Uh, the other one is called The Last Radio Call. And it is about a woman who is investigating the disappearance of her husband, who was a police officer uh, who went missing in an old hospital when he was responding to a call. And she really, she really gets into this and she does a lot of research on it. And there's one part in the movie, one of my new favorite lines in the movie, which is, I have no life and I have no shame and I'm not going to stop. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that's a pretty good movie. And it kind of dives into some Native American lore, which I found fairly interesting. And so, yeah, those are two... Uh, short films, you can find both of them, I believe, on Amazon Prime and on Tubi. There's a couple other short films you can see by this gentleman, Isaac Rodriguez. And uh, yeah, so that's my recommendation. And I will throw this back. But before we move on, are, are you going to tell us the... Sorry, I... I oh, the connection? Uh, are, yeah, are you going to tell us the connection between the faculty <laughs> and... Uh, or are you going to save that for the end? I could save it to the oh, end. Oh, okay. That'll be the... Okay. That'll, listen after the credits, folks, and you can hear... This thing. Oh. Stinger. Okay. There you go. I like it. I like okay. it. Yeah, good. <laughs> uh, so on that note, I'll throw this over back to Bill. Okay, so continuing with David Cronenberg. So he made Shivers, good movie, but with a weak leading man. He then made Rabid, which um, is a better movie, but I, I honestly don't even remember who the leading actor was in it. Uh, Frank Moore. He was, he was adequate, but... It also had Marilyn Chambers in her first non-porn role, and she's actually okay in it. Um, it's a it's a pretty cool film. Then he made Fast Fast Company, a racing movie. It's the one Cronenberg movie no one's ever seen. It's it has no body horror or horror of any kind. And I, I really I haven't seen it. I don't know if he managed to beat the leading man problem because the leading man is William Smith who's not a great actor, but I'm not going to say anything because he could kill me. Even though he died two years ago, I would not put it past him to rise from the grave and kick my ass. And and then, finally, we get to... Oh, no, there was The Brood. He made The Brood, which starred Art Hindle. Who? And it had Oliver Reed. You know, that that's the thing. He would he had these great secondary characters. I mean, if you had Oliver Reed in your movie, why would you not cast him to be the leading role? And the obvious answer is then you'd have to make the whole movie with Oliver Reed. And at some point, he's going to punch you in the mouth. You know, I mean, Gary Busey looks at Oliver Reed and says, damn, you know, there was just. It's, but his next film, Scanners. And Scanners was really the one that put him on the mark. Who can forget that head blowing up scene? And everything about this movie, this is one of the best superhero movies that no one ever thinks of as a superhero movie. This is what if the X-Men were real. It's, it's absolutely great. It's got Patrick Magoo and Jennifer Neal and Michael Ironside, who's absolutely terrific. But it stars Stephen Lack. 
And if you're saying who? <laughs> yeah, St- Stephen Lack <laughs> is so terrible in this movie. He almost goes completely in a 180 and becomes good at it because he's playing this to- he's playing this tortured individual who's, you know, is constantly voices in his head and everything. And he's so overacting sometimes and underacting other times and acting a completely different script other times that you start thinking, well, you know, maybe that's what it would be like to be this guy. But mostly you just think, dang, they should have made Michael Ironside the hero and just cast this guy or something else. I take nothing. He's apparently a very accomplished artist who has gone on to bigger and better things. He only acted in like nine movies and you'll see why. So, oh my gosh, this is so good. It really is cool. It's about these mutants that can scan each other and blow up heads and it's got some just over the top gore it's got some fantastic i'm pretty sure it was dick smith who did the effects great climax this is a just a a really fun fun movie but it is anchored by this weak terrible performance everyone else in it is fine but Stephen lack who's the guy we're following and i mean that's a big deal it just it just doesn't work i will say someone must have talked to him at some point and said damn man you know you got so much going for you here. Can you find some quirky people? I mean, he would cast folks who were like offbeat, but they were offbeat. And, you know, no one else would make them leading man. And then you find out the reason they're not good at it. Can you find someone who's a little offbeat, but can carry a film and by God in Videodrome and the dead zone next to, and the fly that trifecta, he finally worked it out. He finally found some actors who could give him that, that Cronenberg quirkiness, you know, James Wood. And, and of course, um, you know, uh, Dead Zone, Christopher Walken, and who was the fly? Um, who was who played the fly? Um, Jeff Goldblum. Thank you, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, Jeff Goldblum. I mean, these are all guys that are definitely there's something off, but they're great at what they do, and and they were you know those are the probably the three best films. Well, you could argue about that, but just really good. So, I really like Cronenberg. I love his stuff. He's just not an actor's director. So he needs to have actors who can bring something to the table because he's just going to let them go. And if they're terrible, they're going to be terrible on screen. But I you do know, recommend you know who, Scanners. Go ahead. You, you know who I, I really like in in, uh, in Scanners and some of the other Cronenberg movies he was in? Uh, Robert Silverman, who plays the... Uh, oh, I think he's like... Yeah. yeah you know uh, well, well I, I don't think... I don't know if that was his name. Um, hold on, hold on. He's um, the artist. Well, there's uh, Joe I can't, I can't, Silver. You think thinking Joe Silver? He has no, no, a really no. Robert deep Silverman. voice. Robert Silver. No. Yeah. Oh. You, you'll you'll know exactly who I'm talking about when you see him. I'll look. I'll look. Um, it up. I, I was. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to mention him because uh, he was also in uh, one of my favorite films ever. <laughs> he played the hydraulic in 1995's Waterworld. Uh, but more, more importantly, <laughs> oh, can I just interject. Right. I just want to. I just want to give a little teaser here. Um, another movie that Robert Silverman was in. A uh, little movie called Jason X. And you know who else yeah. was in Jason X? You know, you know who else was in uh, David Max, Cronenberg, right? David, David Cronenberg. Cronenberg. Yes. And uh, if you'd like to, this is just, I'm going to give you this little teaser here. Okay. On, on plan. Um, but <laughs> if, if you'd like to uh, go back and watch Jason X and all the, the other 11 Jasons, because uh, there were 12 of them uh, coming up next month, we're going to have an episode where we talk about the entire Friday the 13th series. Uh, so yeah, this is my unannounced little teaser uh, starting on appropriately enough Friday the 13th, October, uh, we're gonna we're gonna start uh, ranking every single movie in that series. So go back and watch them now. Okay, sorry. Back. To will your, this uh, be like our? Will this be like our infamous and well downloaded um, 
deep dive through the Halloween franchise. Oh yes, yes, and and despite uh, <laughs> despite Renee's derisive snort, by the way, uh, that, <laughs> that that is actually our most downloaded uh, episode of all time. Number well, one and go. number two are the two Halloween episodes. So yeah, and I'll tell you the like truth, them. I am looking forward to this because I think I mentioned before, um, Halloween, the original Halloween, is a far better film than almost mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. the Friday the 13th put together. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. However, <laughs> that being said, I much prefer the Friday the 13th franchise. Mm. Yes. Because although... They're it consistently it start, mediocre. Right. It didn't start very high, <laughs> yeah. but it didn't, it didn't really go very low. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Halloween exactly. has some absolute stinkers that are torture to sit through, especially compared to what inspired them. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. And I will right. send this... Um, Right back to Paul. Why, thank you, Bill. Um, yeah, and definitely uh, second scanners. Good stuff. Um, so let me tell you. So here we have a, a, a person who, you know, they, they, they've got plans, not maybe the greatest plans, they get some plans for their future, and then they're derailed. <laughs> well, things happen, like, like they, <laughs> they get let go from the job they thought they had, wow. and things were going well. And then they just kind of wander aimlessly, and they're trying to find direction, and they're not sure what they're going to do. Well, nothing about that. Let me tell you about the movie I'm, I'm going to recommend. <laughs> oh, God. It's, uh, it's called Francis Ha, by, uh, written by Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig, star- uh, directed by Noah Baumbach, and starring Greta Gerwig as the title character. Um, and this film perfectly captures, I think, that feeling in your like, mid to late 20s when you're just you're like, you're like, is my waiting for my life to start? What's going on? You look at your other friends who their lives have started and yours hasn't. And so uh, she's a young dancer in New York and uh, she's rooming with a really, you know, best friend from college. And, and then things just kind of get derailed. She has to find a place to live. She loses her job. And then she's not sure what she's going to do. And everyone kind of looks at her like, what are you going to do? Um, and so it's sort of her process of finding, sort of discovering who she is and finding what she wants to do in life. Uh, it's a comedy drama. Um, but again, I think what's great about it is it really captures that feeling when you're in your early mid twenties, when you're like, I'm waiting for my life to start. Right. When, when's my real life going to start? Wait, wait, I'm, uh, I'm in my late thirties and I'm still waiting for my life. Was <laughs> oh, I supposed to get oh, over I didn't that say, at some yeah, point? Hey, look. Yeah, uh, let me tell you this way. I'm at 56 and I'm still waiting for it. So, okay. Uh, what, you're yeah, still waiting yeah, for my life to get started? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting for life to get started, Zach. I'm like, when's Zach going to get this shit? Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> don't hold your breath, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so where can you watch Francis Ha? That's H-A. It's on Netflix, AMC+, Plus, the Criterion Channel, Tubi, of course, Canopy, DirecTV, and Netflix. Um, so that's Francis Ha. And but te- speaking of people who actually, I think, really do have their shit together, I really do think you do, Zach. I pass it to Zach. <laughs> well, I, uh, I I appreciate that you have uh, so many delusions about me. Um, <laughs> well, Paul, you know, if there's one thing that everyone says about me, it's it's that I'm a huge political junkie, and I know I think you know this about me. I can't stop talking about politics. Uh, which means that, uh, you know, this this upcoming year, it's going to be huge for me. But uh, I just can't wait until 2024. Uh, I need I need some politics in my life right now. 
Uh, and luckily, uh, I have I have a movie uh, queued up, ready to watch, uh, all about a politics. It's uh, appropriately called Election. This is the 1999 oh. film uh, starring Reese Witherspoon and Matthew Broderick. It is a comedy, uh, but it's a very dark comedy with <laughs> lots of very, very inappropriate subject matter. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but let's just say uh, Reese Witherspoon plays a high school student who is running for the president of her high school and uh she's pretty sure that she's gonna win because i believe she's running unopposed and uh she's a go-getter uh she's you know doing everything that she can to get elected and then uh for reasons i I won't mention matthew broderick steps in and uh decides to try to sabotage her and it it's a really really funny movie this is by uh alexander payne who i actually haven't seen like i know that he's a uh, a popular director. I know that, uh, you know, a lot of his movies are, I, I guess, well-touted, but uh, I've never seen... He did Sideways and... Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other movies he did, but he, he's done a couple of these movies that are kind of like indie comedies. Uh, I haven't actually gone and watched any of these other ones, but I guess if you like his stuff and you haven't seen this one, uh, check it out. Um, but yeah, it's got... It's really hilarious. I mean, Broderick is <laughs> so good in it. Uh, Reese Witherspoon, I mean, I think this was one of her earlier roles, and she knocks it out of the park. Uh, it's also got uh, Chris Klein as uh, one of the other students that ends up running. And I, after watching this, I was kind of like, I, I wonder why... I mean, Chris Klein, he had a career. Like, he's been in uh, uh, other stuff, but it feels like he never had... He never, like, blew up. And I don't know. It's it's uh, he, He's very, very funny in this movie, and I kind of wonder uh, why he was never uh, more successful. But... Uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, election, if you're like me and you just can't get enough politics, uh, it's playing on Max and Canopy right now, and I recommend you go check it out. And uh, speaking of people that I suspect were go-getters uh, and trying to climb the ladder even in high school, I'll pass this over to Renee. Oh, I had my microphone muted, so you couldn't hear me laughing <laughs> in the background, but I appreciate that. that idea (laughs) so here's the part of the show where i have to beg forgiveness because over the weekend like paul mentioned he was visiting uh his parents so and so that left my sister and i uh, alone to our own devices to watch movies and we watched a (laughs) shark movie Mm. yeah i'm so sorry uh, no, that's right. I, I was I was informed. So, <laughs> so this movie is about a group of friends that are visiting a lake house in the Louisiana Gulf, and you know what happens sometimes when there's hurricanes and crazy things, and next thing you know, there's a shark in the lake, and uh, yeah. So these friends they are dealing with these sharks that are in this lake in Louisiana. So it is your good old classic killer shark movie. But the plot really isn't that bad. Like, it actually has a plot. Like, it actually has, like, a little story. (laughs) There's, you know, maybe a little tiny bit missing. But it's, you know, it's a pretty decent story for what it is. But what is really interesting about this movie is the cast. Everybody in this movie is just kind of known for their supporting roles or being parts of ensemble casts. Uh, So the sort of the primary actress in this is sarah paxton she did a lot of acting when she was a kid she was uh she led the movie aquamarine 
it was like a kid's movie back in the day about a little mermaid. Anyway, she she played the uh, mermaid in question. Dustin Milligan, who played Ted from Schitt's hmm. Creek. Yay. Joe David Moore, who you might know from Bones or Grandma's Boy. Josh Leonard, who I think is interesting because he was in the Blair Witch Project. And I think his character, is that his name? Yeah, Joshua Leonard. Yeah, and his character's name was Josh in the Blair Witch Project. Because you remember, they weren't actually actors. They were real people. Um, Chris <laughs> Carmack, who was in Nashville and Grey's Anatomy forever. But one person that you will definitely recognize is Donna Logue. So my sister would recognize Donna Logue from Grounded for Life. My dad would recognize him from Vikings. But if you are one of the real ones, mm-hmm, you will mm-hmm, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. you will know him <laughs> as Quinn from what movie, Zach? Uh, I believe that would be 1998's Marvel comic adaptation Blade. Ooh. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So this movie just has a kind of a crazy cast and you just look at all of them and you're like, where do I know all of these people from? <laughs> oh, and it has Catherine McPhee too from American Idol, which is like a totally random add in. <laughs> so anyway, this movie is pretty entertaining for what it is. So, you know, the cast really is, you know, the actors are good and the story is not terrible. So, <laughs> so I recommend it. <laughs> but please also, if you watch this movie, you have to stay to the post credit scene and you will see a lot of them, but most notably Dustin Milligan, AKA Ted from Schitt's Creek in a whole new light. So yeah, that's my recommendation. And it is shark night and you can watch that on Tubi. And I forgot to look up where else you can watch it. Uh, does it, does it need anywhere else? I mean, it's on I don't Tubi. Really think it does. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's all we've got. Does anybody uh, have anything to sing and or wrap us out with? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, I got nothing. I, I've, I've forgotten that we start we started to do this, and I always just waited for Paul to start singing. So, yeah. I'm kind of surprised could... uh, you didn't you didn't do a memorial uh, song when the the uh, the lead singer of Smash Mouth died. Oh, that, that's true. But, yeah. oh, that but is I, true. I think. Uh, do you like an, an acoustic version? But I don't feel like I can anymore. I would like to point out that while we're recording this, the amazingly un- underreported news is that an F-35 stealth oh fighter jet, <laughs> the guy ejected out of it, and he's fine, which is great, but this this stealth fighter, no one can find it, which, okay, it's a stealth fighter. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there you go. You could say, hey, Listen, we didn't see that coming, but of course well. we wouldn't. Yeah. Hey. And and then, uh, but here's the thing. They keep they keep adding little bits and like, and we can't find it. And it's possibly flying in what we amusingly call a zombie state because the pilot put it on autopilot and apparently it can fly on its own. It's like the next thing they're going to say is, and it was and armed it with nuclear, nuclear bombs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we were experimenting with some AI technology that, in mm. retrospect, was probably should have been you know developed a little further. And it, we welcome this... our robot overlords. And I mean, yeah. So was it? Wasn't this the, the plot to Stealth? Does anyone remember that movie? Uh, yes. 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 Yeah. Apparently, the people who don't remember it run the Air Force. The, the people. Who... <laughs> and, and you're like. This, surely this is the headline on every paper. And no, the headline well, on every paper is these two little rock aliens that some guy was showing in Mexico. And apparently aliens look a whole lot like carved stone. 
to 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 paraphrase <laughs> uh speaking yeah. on the on the, the 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 jet fighter thing to paraphrase uh a very smart man uh i guess you'd say perhaps if you watched a few more movies you'd be better at your job <laughs> <laughs> where is such oh. wisdom today yeah so uh, who knows to, to last week the, by the way guys if you, yeah if you haven't that's, that, that, yes so. that's right what was the name of that uh pilot again oh uh uh look well yeah yeah look well good oh. stuff uh but no i don't I'll have a song forget. I have that song stuck in my head still yeah <laughs> i don't know maybe maybe paul would regale us with uh you know a little couple of stanzas of take this job and shove it or something it seems to be a theme today <laughs> <laughs> well actually 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 uh um there's there's a song uh, by the uh, popularized by the South Carolina Broadcasters, which actually interestingly enough they're based out of North Carolina, and and, and it's gonna um, called a, a miss me when I'm gone. You're gonna miss me when I'm gone. You're gonna miss me when I'm gone. Lord, you're gonna miss me when I'm gone. You're gonna miss me when I'm gone. You're gonna miss me when I'm gone. Lord, you're gonna miss me when I'm gone. When I'm gone. When I'm gone. When I'm gone. For the weekend of September 22nd, Bill recommended Shivers, available on the Roku channel, Tubi, Mubi, Cult Picks, and Popcorn Flicks, and Scanners, available on Max and the Criterion channel. Paul recommended Delicious, available on Prime Video, Peacock, the Roku channel, and Hoopla. And Francis Ha, available on Netflix, Tubi, the Criterion channel, and Canopy. I recommended Unknown Visitor, available on Prime Video, the Roku channel, Tubi, and Plex. And Last Radio Call, available on the Roku channel, Vudu, and Tubi. And Shark Night, available on Tubi. Zachary recommended The Faculty, available on Paramount+. Plus. Hoopla, the Criterion Channel, and Pluto, and Election, available on Max and Canopy. So, Renee, do you want to do you want to tell us the the connection between the faculty? Ooh, yeah, I'm... yeah. So, in uh, in the cabin in the woods, Brit, uh, Bradley Whitford and we're talking and he mentions how they had only remember they he said that they'd only failed one time mm. and he said it was in a 19 an incident it was in an incident in 1998 due to the chemistry department oh interesting yeah so the theory oh. is that they were referring to the faculty because then when you go okay. into the cast and how they all kind of fit into the tropes and yeah yeah oh. I, I was i was assuming they were referring to like the the chemistry department of the place that they worked but yeah well it probably was right yeah okay yeah by the way i want to alert everybody uh breaking news and this just Mm. shows you the kind of bullshit that we got to deal with uh personnel from joint base charleston in close coordination with local authorities claim that they have found the the aircraft in a debris field Listen, I may have been born at night, but I wasn't born last night. What are the odds that this thing would just so happen to crash <laughs> in a debris field? 
Come on. It's, it's like it's like elephants, okay? They just they all know when it's their time. They know where to go to die and uh. where all the other F-35s went. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not even trying anymore. 